Welcome back to episode 86 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast. My name is Mitch and I'm your host and thank you for joining me today as I talk through my main league's draft day which took place last week on Tuesday the 26th of July. I'll have some help in this episode as I put a call out to the rest of the league, asking them to send me some voice notes, uh, commenting on their own teams, as well as just giving me some general comments on certain picks and other teams in the league. So uh, I'll get to have a sit back at points during this episode and you'll get to hear from them. Now, unlike my Draft FC colleague, Kieran, the majority of those who sent me in voice notes just recorded them on their phone. So do expect some reduction in audio quality when they're on. Once I finish talking through my main draft league, I've also been involved in two other drafts this week. One was another on the official FBL platform, which was a 12-team league, so pretty similar to my main one, which is an 11-team league. And the second one was on draftfantasy.co.uk, a platform I've never used before, um, in which myself and some fellow FPL draft content creators um, got together. Joe over at Snake Draft FPL um, kindly set that up for everybody, and I'll talk about that briefly as well. If you want to see any of these draft tables, um, I'll have links in the description below. I have already put out uh, the table from my main league draft during midweek on Twitter, and a few of you um, will have already seen that already and already commented on. I think it's fair to say at the beginning that while we're in 11-team league, it hasn't been an 11-team league for very long. We've been a 10-team league for the last four years, and we were a 9-team league in our first season. So going into the sixth season, We've got a new recruit who's completely brand new to uh, to draft and so allowances need to be made there and you'll spot a bit of a recurring theme in the voice notes from my fellow league managers on one particular pick. So I probably won't be commenting on that too much myself, otherwise it'll sound like a scratch record. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I think the best place to start is probably with my own team. Now, um, as I said, 11-team league on the official FPL draft platform. You don't find out the waiver order until the draft kicks off. So as soon as that countdown hits zero and the draft begins, that's when everybody's assigned their draft positions and away you go. Pre-draft, as with many, I was hoping for a top five pick because I thought the top five players pretty much picked themselves and I'd be happy to have any one of them to kick my draft off. Um, but I was disappointed to end up in 11th position. And I was looking down at my draft rankings, who I might be able to get around 11th and 12th. Um, you know, it's okay, but I, I was just slightly slightly downhearted, as I said, because I was hoping to get one of those top five positions. The top five positions, I have to say, did go um, as, as I would have guessed, I suppose, in that the right five players went in the first five picks, though as... Um, I think Kieran comments on in his note the the order was slightly uh, away from what most people had as Haaland went second overall, but we'll come on to that later on. But anyway, our first round, I'll count down as that then builds up to my opening picks, went Salah, Haaland, De Bruyne, Son, Kane, Sterling, Vardy, Jesus, Luis Diaz, Diego Jota, and then it was my turn. So um, there's probably uh, one or two names that you've not heard already as I went down that list who you'll know I had um, available to choose from. So um, considering where I had these guys in my draft ranking, which was higher in the first round, it was a pretty easy no-brainer for me to pick these two guys. 
and was able to make the two picks pretty quickly uh, and sit back and relax. So I took Trent Alexander-Arnold um, to uh, make up the rest of the first round and then followed that up by Bruno Fernandes. So straight away had a premium defender and a premium midfielder. And uh, yeah, good sit back and watch uh, the rest of the uh, the top targets get drafted. So um, the pick I was alluding to at the beginning takes place in the second round um, from our new player who took uh, Martin Odegaard for Arsenal, say a lot higher than, than I had him in my draft rankings, probably a lot higher than you would have him in your draft rankings. Um, but, you know, he, the guy knows his football, so who are we to judge? We'll have to see how the season plays out. I think most of the second and third rounds went as I would have expected, and uh, then it came to me on the turn again between rounds three and four. So I had a premium defender, a premium midfielder, and uh, I'd already decided that uh, I wasn't I was definitely not going to get another defender at this point because all the other main targets had gone and so I wanted at least one midfielder and a striker before uh, before it got back around to me between rounds 5 and 6 because I knew most of the other strikers would go at that point um my favorite strikers had already gone um you know the obvious ones had gone um Ollie Watkins had been taken earlier in round 3 um so on the turn I took uh, Kuliseski and Callum Wilson who's a striker who I've got quite high this season, I've got high hopes for, um, possibly slightly higher than, than you may have him or others might have him. Um, but I was quite happy there to end up with Alexander-Arnold, Fernandez, wilson and Kuliseski as my first four. Once it gets past round four, whilst your draft rankings are still there and you still have to kind of follow the work that you've done beforehand, you do have to then just monitor the composition of your squad and and that's where really the the art of the draft comes in because with all the preparation that you've done and all the ranking work you've done sometimes the way the draft goes means that you do have to go slightly off script depending on on who's who's gone and who's still available so as it came back around to me Tony Martial had been taken Ivan Tony Jimenez uh, Richarlison had gone Bamford had gone Mitrovic had gone Antonio had gone so when I was left to look at the rest of my forwards, uh, there was only one who I had in the same sort of bracket as those guys. Um, and that was Johnson for Nottingham Forest. So I made sure to take him. And then there were a small clutch of midfielders who I had sort of worthy of, of taking here. And I decided to go with St. Maximan. So, um, yeah, I was happy with those two guys, knowing that uh, a lot of the other OK forwards and midfielders were going to get taken from then. Once it got back around to me, then in round seven and eight, I thought I needed to uh, bolster my defence. Um, took Romero and, and Dean and then uh, the rest of the draft says doesn't get very exciting after rounds eight and nine got my goalkeeper in round nine completed my strikers with uh, Che Adams who if people have listened to this podcast for a while um, will know I'm, I'm not his biggest fan but in terms of a starting striker I thought he's probably the best one that was left to me and took a bit of a punt in round 11 with uh, Sinistera. Aside from picking up Henderson in the 14th for my backup keeper, the rest um, were just waiver fodder and defenders who I'd be looking at for the opening weeks. Johnny for Wolves, Shaw for Newcastle, and Dewsbury Hall as a midfielder for Leicester, who've got some early decent games. So all in all, and I think um, it might be Kieran that says it in, in his note, I think most guys drafted pretty similarly there were, there were no real rogue picks and, and all in all, at the end, the teams, I think, are reasonably evenly stacked. And there's a good balance between those who've gone for more safe picks and those who have gone for, for upside. So I think at this point, I'll bring in the uh, the first voice note and I'm going to start with uh, with my Draft FC colleague, Kieran. Now, Kieran, as you'll hear, does have a microphone, so the sound quality is very nice. 
and um, he speaks very well on his own team and then also the rest of the draft. So let's hear what Kieran has to say. Hey everyone, Kieran here. Another successful draft day behind us for the Shook Ones. And uh, I'll just go through a little bit about my team and a few other rogue picks that I spotted in the draft. Cool, let's start with my uh, draft team first. So first round, eighth pick um, overalls out of 11. Um, picked, picked up Jesus. Seemed like the most logical spot there. It was between him and Fernandez, and I just went for the striker. Um, seemed like the best bet. Next round, Saka. Now, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but you could forgive yourselves for thinking that, that I am picking up those two first round, but it just felt like the right person available at the time. Massive season last season, hoping for... He just plays every game, so I'm hoping for the same again this season. Next round, Havertz. Easy pick, I think. Um, Sterling and him will be up front for Chelsea. There's really no signs at the moment for them to sign another striker, so... Um, where are the goals going to come from other than him and Sterling? Um, next round, next two rounds went for slightly safer bets of like Ward Prowse and Bernardo. With the five sub, subs rule, we've got we're going to have issues with people coming off, people not playing as much. You know, there's all going to be a whole headaches for lots of draft managers, but that's not really a worry you're going to have with Ward Prowse. Um, we know what we're going to get with from him. Now, Ramsey in the next round, I think Jacob Ramsey's going to kick on from last season. I think he started, uh, didn't start much, many of the games at the beginning of the season and then came in and still scored like 100-ish points. So I expect that to keep rising this season. Gerard seems to fancy him, plays pretty much every game. So very happy with that. Next round, Solanke. That's my three strikers. So uh, Jesus, Havertz and Solanke, pretty happy with that. Um Probably could have left it a little bit later, but with Johnson from Nottingham Forest going in the round before, I was a bit panicked and wanted to make sure that I still had a starting three starting strikers for the start of the season. Next round, eighth. Now, bit of a bit early, I would say, bit earlier than I'd hoped. Um, I picked up Pope. I really fancy Newcastle this season to keep clean sheets. Pope, we all obviously know so much about from his Burnley days. Um, fantastic keeper good for bonus points um, and clean sheets and I think Newcastle will continue that good form they had at the end of last season so reached for him because the defenders that I had so I'd picked a lot of my stri- I'd pick my strikers pick a lot of mids the defenders that were still on the board that I wanted a lot of them were still sitting there like I wanted a Spurs defender I wanted an Arsenal defender and I wanted probably another Newcastle defender Wolves for the start of the season and I managed to pick them all up in the following round. So reached a bit in the eighth round for Pope. Um, but it all worked out because the following rounds got Dyer, White, Cody and Botman. Followed that up with Kilman as well. So double Wolves defence. Also picked up Raya, to, uh, the Brentford goalkeeper, to pair with Pope. Really good pairing. Um, was looking at the fixtures. And again, went for Raya in the 11th. For two reasons. One, because I know the pairing with Newcastle is pretty good. And the second reason, because with an 11-man league, you know there's going to be some panic with goalkeepers. And I just didn't... Again, with the defenders still available on the board, it just didn't make sense to to leave him sitting there. Final round is my big punt. Deli Ali. surely something's got to come, right? Richarlison's gone. They've not signed anyone really to replace him. Um, I just expect something to happen he's played a couple of preseason games scored a goal the other day um let's see how it works out if not after three game weeks i'll just drop him but 
seemed like a logical punt in the 15th round. And now uh, for the rogue picks of the draft. Now, this first one's not a rogue pick, uh, not necessarily, but second overall Haaland. Now, I just can't, like, I can't get my head around it with bankers that you have in KDB, Son and Kane. It just seemed like an unnecessary extra risk to take on yourself. Um, And quite frankly, I had Kane second overall. So to see Kane drop to fifth is just insane to me. But props to the manager. He's two time uh, Rav. So he must know best. But I was very surprised at that one. Next, I'm sure Mitch will talk a lot about the Odegaard pick, but I'll leave that all to him. In general, like we've been doing this a long time. So 10 of the managers have done this for at least three years. So you're expecting really good teams from them. And pretty much a lot of the teams on paper look very similar. So I think most of the managers will walk away quite happy with their teams. And that, like I said, that Odegaard pick is from the new manager. So he was always going to be under a little bit more scrutiny. He'll be hoping it comes in. Uh, we, we will be thinking that it won't. Next up, a string of fourth, fifth, and sixth picks of Martial, Rashford, and Werner from one manager. On one hand, you could say Martial and Rashford picking those two up, you've banked yourself probably one, start, one maybe two starting positions for United, um, and you're hoping one of them comes good. But the three of them together just feel like grabbing at names rather than actually thinking about uh, the points that they're going to score, likely to score over the course of the season. Next up, Ben Rama in the fifth. Again, it's like we are an 11-man league, so it's like you've you've had 40-plus picks at this point, but still felt a bit early. West Ham, you just don't know who's going to start. You know Bowen's going to start, and Antonio's not a given either now, but it could be any of those midfielders. It could be Fornals, it could be Ben Rama, it could be Lanzini. There's Death signing some Kostic and some other ones as well. It's just too risky for a fifth pick for me. I think when you get beyond the seventh round it's like the all the picks kind of start merging into the same and they're all kind of good and they're all kind of okay so there's not really anything to shout out uh after that but like that pick of uh johnson from mitch in the sixth round i was a bit surprised at thought he would have sat there on the board for a little bit longer he could have waited for that one so probably a touch early that one that's probably the last one i have in terms of good picks let's just have a quick look around kane is a fantastic pick in fifth but that's just the luck of the draw he's just got left for him um we've got uh mitch as 11th pick picked up taa and fernandez that is a frustratingly good pairing so good luck to him this season ronaldo in the second from someone he was drafting sort of mid-order like fifth sixth um pretty good um if Ronaldo stays, could be could be a first round level pick. So I think that's a that's a really good spot to have found him. And the last one I'll probably pick out because like all of the picks pretty much went where we expected them to. But even though I expected um, Bruno to Bruno Gumeres to go in the sixth round, around then maybe fifth round even, um, I think that's a pretty good pick up. There's a possibility that last season's form was very much newbie in the league and that sort of thing but if you can continue that level of performance and FPL scoring that's a really top player that the manager has picked up so yeah that's my last one and then good luck everyone for a for a long and prosperous season of draft stay shook some of the thoughts from draft FC Kieran there so um, yeah I mean looking at, uh, at Kieran's team my overall impression is that it's a reasonably safe draft, which, you know, there's no real mistakes in there. Maybe a little too safe for me. So the only punt he did get was Delhi in the 15th, which is um, hardly pushing the boat out. 
Um, the only thing that stood out for me was taking Ramsey in the sixth round. I thought he was slightly early. But equally, as as Kieran said, um, my sixth round pick, Johnson, was maybe slightly early too. Um, but he was a guy that I've probably got slightly higher than most and I was willing to back myself and just make sure that I didn't miss out on him. I'd also agree that Ben Rama in the fifth was slightly high from uh, from Rick. Not because I think he's a bad player, but as as Kieran mentioned there, plenty of competition with uh, maybe more competition being added as we speak. But if he was really wanted, then then potentially by the time round six and seven come, he, he may not have been there anyway. But as we're talking about Rick, the manager who uh, who did draft Ben Rama in the fifth round, why don't we hear some words from Rick on how he felt his draft went and some general comments on the rest of the board. All right, Mitch. Uh, this is the manager of Real Madras here, just going over draft day yesterday. Um, I mean, I think my focus on, on yesterday was really trying to build out from the front. So trying to get in midfielders and defenders in priority to goalkeepers and defenders. Um, I think I may have potentially gone a bit early on 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 the goalkeeper, though. Once, once Allison went, I got a bit shook and thought, right, I probably need to pick up Edison. I don't think I had a City or Liverpool defender at any stage last season. I think that was probably an issue. So tried to rectify it this season, but may have gone a bit early. Otherwise, I'm I'm, I'm pretty happy with my team. It looks pretty solid. It looks pretty balanced. Um, defenders, yeah, like I said, I don't really care about too much i'm happy to chop and change those on a weekly basis just just based on fixtures so i think we're looking good i think we're looking good for this year came came second last year and 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 looking to dethrone you this year but when i look at some of the opposition one of the two-time champs here we go fc are looking very strong very very well balanced team walker cash Mount Foden, Zaha, Harlan, Tony. He's got a few stars in there. He could have a, you know, a number of very, very high-scoring weeks. I think he might be the one to watch this year. A couple of things did have a standout from draft day. Two two moments actually in particular. The first one was when the person who's who's on the turn for us, so they get the first choice. Um, and, and the last choice, picked up Rashford and Marshall on the turn. And that was, I thought, wild. That was an unbelievable choice. It could be an inspired one, but I fear it's going to blow up in his face. And then you look at the drafting of our of our newbie into the league. So our league, you know, going up from 10 to 11 this year. Our new guy, they're his first two picks with Bardi and Erdegaard. And and you know, the the scenes, the scenes on on the Zoom chat when Erdegaard got chosen. I think I think a few I think a few a few of the boys whipped their shirts off, waved them around their heads in celebration. I've never seen anything like it before on draft day. I mean, all signs therefore point to Erdegaard having a storming season and, and him proving us all wrong. Um but I think it'll be really competitive. I think year on year. The standard has gone up and um, looking forward to the challenge again this year. All right, mate, uh, stay shook. Thanks for that, Rick. So another manager there who's reasonably happy with how his draft day went. Um, also echoed a few of the thoughts that we heard from Kieran there. So uh, obviously mentioned that Odegaard pick in round two. 
and the other thing that Kieran also mentioned was um, draft FC Taron's pick in uh, in position number one. Obviously started off pretty well with Salah, Robbo and Diaz. And then on the turn between rounds four and five, picked up Man United pair Martial and Rashford. Yeah, it is a bit risky. You could almost see it as a bit of a handcuffing because one of them will likely play most games for Man United. But it remains to be seen whether they can recapture some of the form that we know they've had from a few years ago. I think, as I said to uh, one manager, I could I could have understood maybe taking one out of the two of them and then going slightly safer with the, the following pick, considering he could have had um, the likes of Zaha or um, you know another striker in Mitrovic, Bamford, uh, Martinelli. Um, but as a pairing, it is it is quite the high risk, but it's also a high reward, so uh, could pay off in the long run. And um, and yeah, then backed it up again in round six with Timo Werner, um, which I think is uh, not not ideal considering the risk in his fourth and fifth picks. Next, let's hear from Shep. He he joined the league in year two. Um, and almost won it in his debut year. He ended up coming second that season. Struggled a little bit since then. Um, he's been pretty much mid-table since then. Always got a lot to say. Um, so let's hear some of his comments. Hello, mate. Um, starting, I just deleted the old one because I'm already chatting shit. And if I feel I'm chatting shit, then you're going to be losing your head. Um, but yeah, keen to chat draft after yesterday. Obviously, the initial rush. And now uh, got nothing to do apart from wait for the season to kick off. Um, so in terms of... If I start with my draft, so first of all, very happy at the top. I was desperate to have a top five pick. Um, I feel those players sort of pick themselves and you'll be secure moving forward. After the top five, I think you've you've got a decision to make and it kind of weighs on you a little bit. You know, do you go Jota, Nunes, Trent, Jesus, um, Sterling? And I would have gone Trent just because I think secure points is the aim of the game, really. And in terms of overall strategy, I know Manjot mentioned he wanted three strikers in the first five rounds. I wanted to do something similar last year, and it backfired. I think if you overcomplicate strategy, um, that can be a problem. You basically just need to draft the players that you think are going to get the most points, regardless of sort of position, but make sure you don't sell yourself short. Um, so I would have gone Trent uh, six, but I get the theory of having... Three strikers, you kind of deplete the striker pool and make it difficult for other people. Um, but like I said, with Kane's first pick, I'm I'm secure, so I was happy with that. After that, I went Bowen, um, and my third pick was Van Dyke. Again, I just secure points. Then it was Allison. So I just felt I found Van Dyke and Allison just those clean sheet weeks, which is about you know they do average about 19. So every other week, I'll get 12 points from those two, hopefully. Which, uh, yeah, and, and with Kane and Bowen, who regularly chip in with sort of consistent points, I just feel like I have consistent point scorers and then I can look to gamble a little bit. In terms of strategy, the only other strategy, and this is my golden nugget that I've sort of picked, pinched from Ravi, he's obviously does well every year, um, and I noticed him doing this one year and I didn't really understand it, so I kept trying to trade with him and he would, never would trade anything with me. But I think your third striker wants it's good if your third striker is a bit shit because then you're more comfortable to waver them and then you have more chance than un- unearthing a gem whereas if your third striker is average like you can't you can't waver them but then they're probably never going to do anything particularly special so then you're stuck with an average player 
the year I remember, Ravi had Giroud on his bench for fucking ages. Um, and I kept saying, like, Giroud's a waste of space. Like, why is he, you know, trade this, that, and the other person, I'll take Giroud as a makeaway. And he was like, no. And then all of a sudden, Tammy Abraham's form drops off. Giroud gets a chance to start, scores. And all of a sudden, Ravi's got Chelsea's starting striker as his third, as his third striker. Um, and actually, that's something that I thought was quite important. So the only thing really with a... So my third striker, I was always going to draft late. See, you know, I, I didn't think there's a huge lot of difference between UDABs, Brogers, uh Welbeck, Che Adam. Maybe Che Adam does play, so you're probably happy with him. But those sorts of players, so I was happy to take whatever was on offer. So, um, so there's that. In terms of other people's drafts, I give him stick about Odegaard. I think Odegaard will be better than last year, but not not uh, second round better. I think that was probably the worst pick, possibly the worst pick of the of the whole draft. Maybe um, he, apparently he's going to be captain, um, and he does take set pieces, and I do think he'll chip in. But interestingly, now they have quite a lot of depth Arsenal in these positions, and he might rotate. Arteta is. A similar version to Petal, so yeah, that could be the worst one. Uh, other good picks, uh, probably just from a Man City point of view, I think Foden, Grealish, and Mahrez value goes up um, over previous years. Well, Grealish maybe doesn't make, maybe Grealish stays the same because uh, um, because he had a bad year last year. But at the moment, it doesn't. There's no real chat that Man City going to sign another striker. Uh, sorry, attacker. So I envisage that two of those three will regularly play Premier League games. Um, yeah, and in a team that scores loads of goals, having yeah having having one of those players that consistently plays is a a big win. So I think any any of those three those three players are good pick. Um, I think Alvarez is a, he's probably an example actually of a bad third choice striker because. You won't want to waver him, but he, you know he'll start the odd game to City and get the odd goal off the bench. But but then yeah, not maybe maybe not quite do enough. So yeah, I'm just trying to think. In defence, Man City. Uh, I think Stone starts the season because he's been uh, Laporte and Diaz have been carrying injuries. So maybe if Stones does well, he'll hold on to his spot. Uh, I think we'll sign Cucurella, so I think that's a good signing. So I think Aki will Aki will chip in with a few Prem games, and then it'll be Champions League and Cup games really for Ake. So predominantly six players will play for Man City in defence. So City assets are good there. I think Rodri's a good player to have in an eleven-man league. He averaged three point six points a week a game last year, something like that, or three point five. Um, and actually, you know, three. It, it, yeah, well, the only thing about Rodri is how much Phillips plays, so you have to keep an eye on that one. But if Rodri plays the most games, and actually you get your three points, and he will get the odd goal or assist in that team, so it's not the worst player to have if you need a guaranteed player. So, yeah, really, that's my only insight, probably about Man City in the draft, I think, mate. Enjoy the six and a half minutes of me just chatting absolute shit in your ear. Much love. Bye. Many thanks, Shep. And uh, if you didn't realise, I should probably should have said it before because it probably didn't come out very clearly from there, but Shep is actually a Manchester City fan. Um, I know that probably wasn't clear from uh, from his voice note there. 
So as Kieran alluded to, Shep drafted in position five and I think was very fortunate to pick up Harry Kane. And then from there, I really like the uh, the opening six rounds. So he backed up Kane with Jared Bowen, who Shep admitted himself is not the most glamorous pick. Um, but uh, considering how he got on last year, seems a pretty solid source of points. Then got Van Dyke and Allison, which is as solid as you can get really at the back. Uh, and then Bamford and also back that up with Matip for the potential of a Liverpool triple clean sheet. And if you're not sure that Matip's going to play, um, as I'm as I'm not necessarily convinced, he backed that up in round seven with Ibrahim Akonate just to really hammer down the potential for Liverpool clean sheets. So yeah, decent draft there from Shep. So as we've heard from our resident Manchester City fan, it's probably only right that we head over to our resident Liverpool fan and get some of his thoughts following the draft. So Lokesh is a league manager you might have heard reference to in a recent episode, um, being that uh, he has never occupied top spot for even a single game week. Um, He, I believe, is bottom of our money league, which means over the past um, five years, uh, he's paid out the most in uh, forfeits for our mid-season and end-of-season meals. But he seems very motivated to turn that around this season. And uh, I personally think he's had a pretty good draft, particularly as a Liverpool fan. He'll be able to ride the positivity of his draft team and his real-life club uh, in unison, as uh, as we'll discuss in a minute. But uh, yeah, let's hear some thoughts from Locke. Well, Mitch, being a... Liverpool fan, having ended up with Diaz, Nunes, Bobby Firms. I'm ecstatic, mate. I'm over the moon. But no, jokes aside, I'm pretty happy with the team that I've got. Had a clear approach of going with players either at the big clubs or tried and tested starters. So I've got the likes of um, Grealish, Martinelli, Chilwell, and I think that's going to stand me in good stead this year because in past, I've definitely been prone to taking one too many punts on either new transfers or players coming up with the promoted teams. I think the only ropey pick probably was Bobby Firms in the sixth round. Definitely had the Liverpool glasses on there. But the idea there was I could handcuff off the last Liverpool spot in the top three and with Jota being a rotation at risk and Nunes probably going to take time to adapt I do think it could be a worthwhile punt and then in terms of other teams I think for most of us it's clear we've been playing draft for several seasons now because the overall quality was actually really good most of the stick was aimed at new boy Manjot and with Vardy and Erdegaard in the opening two rounds probably deservedly so but he's a savvy guy so I'm sure he's going to be all over the trades and the waivers to get his team into better shape Um, and yeah I'm just hoping the Liverpool boys can get me into the top half of the table this year and also as you kindly brought up on a previous pod knock the monkey off my back off never having occupied the top spot at the end of a game week two yes as uh, Locke mentioned there he ended up with Louis Diaz and Darwin drafting from position uh, nine in the draft and then picked up Firmino later on 
Um, so I think he's got that Liverpool attack pretty well covered. Um, he's got a bit of uh, bit of premium defence in Chilwell, a bit of Manchester City in Graylish, a bit of Arsenal in Martinelli. So uh, yeah, another team that I like the look of. Uh, Lokesh, also a, a keen listener of the podcast, managed to get Bazunu in round 15 for a cheeky starting goalkeeper pick. Lok is one of the two managers in our league who also have uh, a pretty keen side interest in uh, Brentford, managed to get Henry in round 14, which I think is actually uh, one of the best pickups in that round. And I also like Buendia in round nine. Remains to be seen uh, whether he can actually nail down a, st- a starting 11 spot given the competition now. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a player I like the look of and I think in round nine, pretty good value considering the risk-reward ratio. So finally, and very much least, we head to Hits. Now Hits has been uh, bottom of the league twice, including last season. Uh, managed to worm his way out of the end of season meal and resulting forfeit um, by uh, purposely, in my opinion, contracting COVID-19. Um, but let's hear what uh, what he has to say for what it's worth. I had a pick in the range which I really didn't want, which was the kind of 7 to 10 range, because in that range you've got the three Liverpool forwards, uh, Jota, Nunes and Diaz, who have some flags above them in terms of how many minutes they'll get. And I think the first six, you can get some real bargains at the first two and they all kind of pick themselves. And then at 11, there's some nice picks because of the turn. So you can get TAA and, and Cancelo or something like that with with another strong forward or midfielder. So I had 10th. I've got Jota, which I don't really, not hugely happy with because I don't know if he'll play. I've got Perisic in the fifth, which I was pretty happy about. Although nobody seemed really too excited about that. Fucked it with Mope, apparently he's leaving. Didn't realise. Took a punt on Ziyech on, at 12. Why not? Zuma I thought was good at 13. West Ham are decent. Starting centre-backs, I think, will have a bit more value with uh, wing, um, wing-backs being rotated with the extra subs. And they have some good fixtures. And hopefully Podence kicks on, which could be a good one at 9. L- looking at the picks, there's some absolutely... Filthy, filthy team. So, Caram's first five are Sterling, Ronaldo, Sancho, Coutinho, Mitrovic, which is naughty. Taz's first five is Salah, Robbo, Diaz, Martial, Rashford. Obviously, you know, question marks on some of them, but still really good. Um, Rav's first five are Haaland, Mount, Foden, Tony, Zaha. So there's some there's some good teams there, man. That's gonna that's gonna make it really tough. Vardy, Erdegaard, Laporte, Richarlison, Antonio. At least I'm not gonna finish bottom, eh? So some words from Hits there, who uh, as you can hear is just pleased that he might finish tenth out of eleventh and uh, thinks that ZH and Zuma in rounds twelve and thirteen were half decent punts, uh, which I think just speaks to his pedigree. But anyway, that's uh, all of the notes I got from the rest of the league. The rest were too shook to send me any notes. But do click on that link uh, to the tweet that shows our full draft board and do leave some comments on there if there are any picks you particularly like or dislike. So one of the other leagues I'm in was a 12-team league. Um, been in this for, this will be the third year now, I think. Uh, initially set up by FPL Lynn, who many will follow on Twitter, no doubt. Um, has been a uh, party of 16 for the last two years, but we're down to 12 this year. Um, I think I've come maybe second or third 
so far in the two seasons. I think I came third, then second, or second, then third. I can't remember. Reasonably active. The draft uh, had a couple of auto-pickers, um, so uh, which always adds, I think, to the quality of the teams who are then actually present and drafting because you don't always want to follow the official FPL draft ranks. Um, but come the end of the draft, I was pretty happy with my team. I'd have been happy with this team in a 10-team league, to be quite honest. I've got Son with the uh, second overall pick. I was actually drafting two uh, two drafts at the same time during this draft. So I was also doing the one I'll talk about after this. Um, and uh, managed to get Havertz with my second pick. And then picked up Ronaldo with my third as an auto-draft as I was actually concentrating on the other draft at the time. Um, which at the time I was a bit annoyed about, but now as time goes on, um, it's looking to be um, not too bad a pick actually, and getting him in round three probably wasn't the worst result. The opening rounds of this draft actually went pretty textbook to uh, to my eye. Oddly enough, Odegaard went quite high in this draft as well. He was first pick in the third round, so he was 25th overall, which again is a lot higher than uh, myself and I think many others have him. So maybe there is something in uh, in Odegaard this season and we're all going to be left with egg on our face but yeah I'll post a link to this team uh, as well in the podcast notes so you can have a look but I'll quickly run through I managed to end up with Sanchez and Bazunu in goal my defense is Romero, Thiago Silva, Canate, Eight Nori and Target in midfield was Hungmin Son, Saint Maximan, Sinistera, Ramsey and Lewis Potter and my strikers were Havertz, Ronaldo and Ivan Tony. and I was very pleased I'm increasingly pleased with uh, those three as an attacking trio. So finally, um, just wanted to say a few words on uh, the 10-team uh, league I'm in with some fellow draft content creators. As I said at the top, this was set up by Joe from Snake Draft FPL, um, but I say included lots of very experienced draft managers. The draft was actually um, live-streamed by uh, Gazdos Trez, who's in the uh, who's in the league. So I'll drop a link to that in the podcast notes as well, so you can actually see how that uh, that draft actually panned out live on the day. I'm not familiar with DraftFantasy.co.uk. I'd heard of it as a platform, um, but uh, it was say it was an enjoyable draft. The actual draft uh, draft page uh, during the picks was slightly confusing to follow along for someone who's not used to it, and some of the in-game rankings were also um, quite far off mine so there were certain players who were buried quite far down the list who uh, unless you had them on your own rankings you wouldn't necessarily pull out which isn't necessarily a bad thing but um, did kind of give a false sense that certain players might have been drafted already when they probably weren't as I said this is a 10 team league um, I drafted in uh, fifth or sixth I was in the middle of the pack somewhere and um, took Harland first pick uh, Jesus actually went uh, before Haaland, if I recall correctly. I don't actually have the full draft board up in front of me because, as I said, I'm not too familiar with draft fantasy footballs at Code UK and I don't know how you actually get the draft board up if you can. But yeah, Jesus went very high. Uh, I got Haaland with my first pick. I took Vardy with my second uh, and then followed that up with Bowen as my as my third pick. But um, I'll go through my team anyway, just uh, just so you can see who I've got so far. My keepers are Allison, who I'm very pleased with, and uh, and Raya. In defence, I've got Eric Dyer, Stones, Target, Gabriel, and Diaz, who again I'm pretty happy with my back line. Uh, midfield's a little flimsy. I said I've got Bowen, um, and then the rest are um, all very waverable, to be honest, which might not be a bad thing. Um, but so the rest are Harrison, Trossard, Ramsey, and Vissa. So all 
all much and much. I'll probably put uh, maybe slightly too much stock into my attackers. Um, but I say I'm very pleased with the attackers in Vardy, Mitrovic and Haaland. So pretty pleased at the back, pretty pleased with the um, attack. Just the midfield that's a little bit flimsy. Who knows? Um, maybe I can do some some trades in order to perk up the midfield a little bit. Um, there's already been some trades offered. Uh, Gazdos Trez himself tried a cheeky little one to get Haaland off me, no doubt, after his um, shoddy performance in the Charity Shield yesterday, which uh, I rejected with aplomb. But the league seems pretty active uh, already. As I said, it's another platform to get my head around. The waivers process is uh, um, the waiver process and the free agents uh, work a bit differently in in this in this league. Um, potentially more flexible, as it seems that there are two waiver windows each week. And the other interesting thing, which um, I'm quite excited to uh, to mess around with, is the fact that there is a flex pick. So what seems to happen, um, and particularly for somebody with my type of team composition. You can um, you don't need to stick to the rigid uh, FPL team composition with two strike with um, two keepers, five defenders, five midfielders, and three strikers. You can, for example, drop a striker and pick up an extra defender, drop a keeper and pick up an extra striker um, for for that fifteenth position. So the um, the way it seems to go is that most people just hold on to one uh, goalkeeper, and I think for me with Allison, um, who I'm probably going to play pretty much. Uh, every game anyway that's uh, probably something that will apply to me so um, I could well end up dropping Raya and then that allows me to to hold an extra outfield player um, or I might drop one of those those midfielders for someone who who's got maybe more upside and just see how they go but say it's it's interesting and it allows for some some extra flexibility <laughs> So that's it for this episode. Always interesting to uh, evaluate some drafts after they've happened. It's one of the reasons we play this game is for the fun and excitement of draft day. It's what we put all the preparation into. And um, yeah, so I'm pretty pleased with how all my teams have shaped up. Um, I don't think there's really any disasters that have happened there. And really, that's all you can ask for from uh, draft day. As I've said many times, and I'll say again, you can't win the league on draft day, but you certainly can lose it. And uh, yeah, I think there's a good enough platform there that with uh, enough work in the waivers and free agents I should be able to make some good finishes this season. No doubt many of you will have already drafted or have your drafts in the next few days ahead of the season kicking off at the weekend. Always interested to uh, to see how your draft teams have shaped up so please feel free to uh, send a screenshot of your team to us on twitter at draft underscore fc um, and just put hashtag rate my team. Be sure to mention uh, what platform you're using if it's not obvious and also, it's very important that you mention how many uh, teams are in your league, because that will obviously dictate how good or bad your draft was. If you haven't already, head over to draftfc.co.uk, our brand new website, um, where you can sign up for some personalised stats that you won't be able to get anywhere else. For those who have already drafted, you'll be able to enter your team ID and it will download the full draft board, um, which you can then copy and paste and, and do whatever you need to with. Uh, it's a lot easier to see it in a grid format compared to what you get on the normal FPL website, which is just a list of players. And it's a lot easier then to see who's who's in each team. Once the season kicks off next week, the personal dashboard will come to life and uh, you'll be able to get a lot more information than you can by just looking at your league standings. Also, if you're still uh, yet to draft, there is a huge amount on there. There's my full draft rankings, which were last updated on Saturday, the 30th of July. So you can break those down by position or by a full list, depending on your league size from a two-person league all the way up to a 16-team league. 
And you can also combine that with all the information from the draft dashboard, which is a global amalgamation of all the leagues that have drafted already to come up with an average draft list. So between that, uh, my rankings and your own rankings, you should be able to triangulate and come up with a pretty good idea of where you're going to take each player. As mentioned as well, um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at draft underscore FC. It's the best way to get in touch with us and stay abreast of all the latest information and things that are coming out from Draft FC. And finally, make sure that uh, you're clicking follow on whichever podcast app you're listening to, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you're followed and subscribed so that when all the new episodes are released, you can listen to them right away. So that will probably be it now for the preseason podcast content. The next episode will come out um, either Tuesday or Wednesday, and that will be the big game week one preview. So we'll be actually getting into the bread and butter stuff of the season, uh, all the good stuff you're used to. And uh, yeah, going over some some potential waiver targets who you might want to bring in some guys that maybe slipped off the board on draft day. And uh, yeah, just seeing how you might want to line up your teams. So best of luck for those who haven't drafted yet. Um, The best advice I can give you, as always, is stay shook.